Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. You've heard me mention it before, but hail is definitely one of my most formidable enemies here on our homestead. And just last year, in fact, we had a good portion of our garden completely massacred by an unexpected hailstorm. So Christian and I had had enough. I felt like the stress of impending hail was just a little bit too much for me every single summer. So we came up with a solution. We built the world's craziest, coolest custom hail net. And I've gotten a lot of questions about how this all went down. So I'm diving into that in today's episode. I'm your host, Jill Winger, and this is the podcast for the Trailblazers, the mavericks, the makers, the homesteaders, the modern pioneers, and the backyard farmers. If you're ready to boost your food security and live a more homegrown lifestyle, well, this is the podcast for you. Hey friend, I'm interrupting this episode for just a second to talk mason jars because obviously they're one of my favorite homestead tools in existence. Naturally, I use mason jars for canning, but I also love them as a go-to for everyday pantry storage and for holding my DIY cleaning supplies. Recap mason jar lids are my secret weapon for converting regular old jars into shakers, spray bottles, soap pumps, and pourable containers. Most recently, I have fallen in love with their straining lids because I just started experimenting with kefir And these lids are seriously reducing the amount of dishes I have to do each day after I feed my kefir. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about when I say kefir, well, we'll be covering that in a future podcast episode, so stay tuned. Anyway, when Recap Lids heard how much I love using these lids and strainers, they put together a special kit just for podcast listeners in July. Use coupon code HOMESTEAD and take 20% off the already discounted price of this set, which includes lids for two regular mouth and one wide mouth jar with shaker inserts. And you can use them for way more than just kefir. You can use them to make salad dressings, lemonade, and so much more. Head on over to theprairiehomestead.com slash lid to have a look. Now, back to our episode. So if you have never had to deal with hail, in your garden or on your homestead, consider yourself so very lucky because I had no idea how insane hail could be until I moved to Wyoming. I mean, I had seen it a few times growing up in Idaho, but it was like the cute little hail, the little pea-sized, soft, squishy hail that would come for a few minutes in the middle of a thunderstorm and then leave with no issue. I had no idea that I don't know, golf ball sized hail, softball sized hail could be a regular thing. Uh, And lo and behold, I didn't realize that when I was moving to Southeast Wyoming, I was moving to the heart of hail country. I later learned that we live in one of the most hail prone areas of the entire country, lucky me, and that our insurance rates are sometimes even higher because of the hail. There's so much vehicle damage, roof damage, house damage. So yeah, just another reason that Wyoming is such a beautiful place to homestead. You know, I love it. It Just sometimes I'm like, oh my word, Wyoming, could you just make it a little bit easier on me? But anyway, all that to say, hail is something we have to deal with a lot with our garden. Um, And for the last few years, 
we had gotten pretty lucky, honestly. The towns to the south and to the north of us got hit really, really hard. I mean, I'm talking windows broken out of houses, roofs destroyed, vehicles totaled. Um, I'm talking massive damage. But for some reason, we always, I don't know, it just would go around us. And so I knew it couldn't last forever. I knew that it was only a matter of time before our turn came. And lo and behold, it did last year. It was the, I don't know, like I think July 7th or 8th, we got the thunderstorm and I was home and it kind of hit us out of nowhere. Um, I remember I was washing dishes and the sky got dark, um, like really dark. And I, we get some thunderstorms here. I am not a newbie to thunderstorms. We get thunderstorms sometimes on a daily basis in the summer here in Wyoming. And thunderstorms do not freak me out whatsoever. I actually kind of like them as long as they're not damaging. Um, but anyway, I was doing dishes and I realized that all of a sudden, like it was feeling very dark. And I'm like, it's only like six o'clock. It shouldn't feel this dark. And I looked out the window to the west and kind of southwest. I had never seen the sky look like that before. It was the blackest I've ever seen it. And I'm telling you, I've seen some storms. Um, so I immediately, Christian was gone. I think he was... I don't know if he was hanging or doing something with our cattle. I immediately grabbed the fire radio because if there's a tornado, which we do have occasional tornadoes, the fire radio, there'll be chatter. You know, I can hear what's going on. And um, I could hear some chatter. And over and over, the dispatchers were saying there, there is no rotation in this storm. There is no rotation in this storm. And I'm like, wow, that's weird because, you know, it sure looks like if this was going to be a tornado storm, it sure as heck looks like, you know, this would be it because it was just weird. And as the darkness started to engulf the house, the storm got closer, the winds picked up and it was insane. Like it was hurricane force winds, which again, we get lots of wind here, but this was something different. Uh, and the rain came and it was sideways, just 100% sideways. And I, I sent the kids down the basement and I was just kind of staying upstairs so I could keep an eye on things. And it, again, there was no rotation in this storm whatsoever. There was no tornado. And that was confirmed later. I remember hearing our fire chief on the radio talking to dispatch and he's like, are you sure there's no rotation? And they're like, nope. Um, but man, it sure, it sure seemed like there should have been because it was violent. Um, and I could hear the dumpsters blowing over outside and I could hear things moving around on our deck. And then the hail came and it wasn't necessarily, you know, baseball size hail, but it was nickel size hail. And there was a lot of it. And that's what I've learned is it's not necessarily the big hail that'll kill your garden. I mean, it definitely doesn't help it. The big hail is not great for the vehicles. Um, but what really gets the garden is when it's a lot of little hail and it literally just crushes everything. And so at that point, there was nothing I could do. Like I was, like I said, I'm not scared of storms, but there was no way I was going outside to cover anything. I mean, I couldn't have covered anything that the winds were where you could barely stand up and I'm not going to go get pelted by hail. And so there's really nothing I could do. And in the midst of it, I saw our trampoline which was on the side of our house that had been weighted down with concrete bricks, as well as we had staked it down. Um, the storm had picked it up and wrapped it around our deck railing. We have this piece of our deck that kind of sticks up um, around one side where we can hang pots off of. 
and it had wrapped the trampoline around the deck. Again, no tornado. It was just the force of these winds with the hail and just the insanity. So um, anyway, long story short, we weathered the storm. It blew over. The sun came out and we were left to kind of pick up the pieces, the aftermath. And it's so devastating. And I know some of you have experienced this when you walk outside after a storm like that and you know it's not good. Um, and I was thankful that our animals weren't hurt in our vehicles. We had parked them inside the shop so they didn't get damaged, but, um, the trampoline was destroyed and the kids were so heartbroken. Like we literally had to cut it off in pieces to unwrap it from the deck railing. Like there was not even like any way we could have straightened it out and salvaged it. Like it was toast. And then I went over, I didn't want to, but I went over and looked at the garden and it was destroyed. Um, I, and I cried and I cried and I might've yelled and I might've thrown a little bit of a temper tantrum because, uh, <laughs> it's just maddening. But it was at that point, I'm like, Christian, we've got to do something because, you know, I had put so much time into the garden. I had started the seedlings in February and March and babied them and nurtured them and brought them outside to harden off and put them back and back and forth. And, um, trying to depend on a garden for food production and a majority of food production and then never knowing when it could be gone in an instant is just really hard. So it was that point we decided if we're going to continue gardening here, which of course we are, we had to figure out a different solution. Um, and that's when we started our scheming about some sort of crazy hail protection. Now, hail protection is not a new concept. There are other people who've tried this. Um, Namely, some of the ideas that we kept running across were things like uh, if you have a raised bed, you would build four corner posts and you'd kind of build a roof over the top, whether that was with some sort of tin or a lot of folks would use hardware cloth, which I think is a fantastic idea. Hardware cloth is basically, it's kind of like a wire roll. It's a roll of woven wire stuff and it's little squares. Um, but you could unroll it and cut a piece of it and staple it down to some posts. And you're going to let all the sunshine and rain through, but the holes are small enough that if you have a big hailstone, it's not going to be able to get through. And even if you had little hailstones, the odds are that they you know, could fit through the holes exactly is very slim. So it's going to do a great job of shielding your vegetables. So I think that is fabulous. If you have a small garden or boxes or things like that, uh, hardware cloth would be wonderful. Um, for us with the size of our garden and like we have 24 by eight beds, I believe, I think they're four by eight. I always forget. And then they're, they're pretty good size and the vegetables get really tall. I'm like, man, it's going to be a project to build contraptions for each of those beds. Right. Um, another thing that people will do is put ho hoops over their garden, like over the rows and then put some heavy gauge plastic or a tarp outside when the storms come. Uh, again, we thought about that, some sort of plastic covering, but the wind it, for us is just ridiculous. And there's no way that literally without pouring concrete and securing the plastic in it, plastic is not going to stick around. And I've tried in the past, um, in previous years, when a storm would be getting closer and I knew there was hail in the storm, I would run outside with buckets and old bed sheets and all like literally Earlier this year, before the hail netting went up, I we had a storm come through and my plants were still pretty small. And so I thought, I can do this. I can do this. And I had the kids and I grab 
probably close to 30 buckets, buckets, tubs, anything we could find around the yard. We stole all the buckets from the animals and all the feed tubs, and we ran out to the garden. It took us about 45 minutes to set up all the buckets on the seedlings, and it only worked because the seedlings were small. And we would, uh, on the bigger beds, we'd put two buckets and we'd put a board over the top, and we, on others, would put um, some sort of uh, whether it was a tub or a bucket, and then we would stretch a sheet over the top and close pin it down. It took a long time, but we covered everything. And of course, that storm had zero hail in it, naturally. But that's an option too. If you don't have a lot of plants, um, grab some old milk jugs and cut the bottoms off. Grab some buckets, you know, save those five-gallon buckets, save feed tubs, and you can run out quickly and cover things. Again, though, if you have a large garden, that's almost impossible. Like, how are you going to cover a a row of corn that's three feet high, right? It's going to be pretty difficult. And so I knew that that wasn't a long-term solution for us. So the uh, brainstorming session began. My initial thought that just I couldn't get out of my head, I was like, Christian, what if we put some big posts in the garden and we put a cord, like a cable from post to post, we might need a couple, and then we take some um, netting, some sort of net, and we run it on rings so we can pull it over the garden when the storm's coming and clip it and then retract it when the storm leaves. So that was one of our ideas. Um, we talked about all sorts of things. And what we ultimately came up with is what some of you may have seen on Instagram uh, recently when I posted a picture. It's kind of crazy. And people keep saying, did you invent that? And I'm like, yeah, we kind of did. I mean, we didn't invent the hail netting cloth. We bought that, but the actual structure itself, we brainstormed uh, all by ourselves, And it's pretty custom because our garden is kind of weird. It's, our garden's pretty custom, right? So we had to fit our spot. But what I wanted to do um, in this episode is just give you some of the specifics and some of the thought processes behind what we did. And I realize this is a visual concept. So it's a lot easier for you probably to see this in a picture. So I plan to publish a blog post soon that has more in-depth in pictures. So you can go and look at that because I'm visual. I like to learn with pictures and things that I read. Um, but anyway, I'm hoping this episode, if you know, if you like to listen to things, it'll just give you a little bit more of that background info and maybe inspire you that if you have hail in your area, you know, maybe you can come up with something that will make your gardening life a little bit easier. So here is what we did. Um, okay, first things first. We drilled some big old tall pipes into the ground. We used old oil field pipe, which I kind of liked because it's recycled, right? We found someone local that we were able to buy it from. Christian says it's called four inch drill stem. And that's all I know about it, four-inch drill stem. I'm sure those of you with experience in this area will know what I'm talking about, even though I don't. Um, so we got those. We got five, since our garden is good-sized, right? You wouldn't have to make every single structure this beefy. But our garden is very long and uh, decently wide. So we put five of those uh, four-inch drill stem pipes on each end. And so ours we made have two peaks. So it looks like two mountain peaks on each end. So there's five posts total. And then we put several sets of posts along the length of the garden. So those would be additional supports. Um, 
and we put those in. We had to borrow the neighbor's boom truck. It was a big, like a big truck with a crane. So thankful for neighbors with cool stuff because it would have been really hard to do it without it. So we put those in, we concreted them and let them dry. And then the next thing we did is Christian got some vinyl coated aircraft cable. And I, I literally had to go before I recorded this. I'm like, tell me what this is. Cause I don't even know. So he, this is what he told me to say. It's three sixteenths in size and it's made by a company called Forney F O U R N E Y. And we ran five lengths of this aircraft cable from post to post, right? We didn't use rope or anything that would have too much stretch because we wanted this to be very rigid and very strong. And we, they stretched those tightly. And then I believe they um, drilled or cut a little hole into the pipe and they attached this cable into the pipe. And I think he got it off Amazon and I told him, like, remember, we're not buying things on Amazon, but some things we are having a hard time finding elsewhere. So unfortunately, I think he did get those off Amazon. Maybe you can find a different. But anyway, so five of those lengths of cable. Now, the whole magic to this contraption is the netting itself. And I knew when I started to research this, I'm like, there has to be some sort of mesh or net that's not hardware cloth, right? That's not a plastic panel. There has to be something that's a little more fabric-like, but that's still really strong. And so we found this stuff called insect and hail netting, and it's produced by a company called OSCO, O-E-S-C-O. And I'll try to put a link in the show notes for this. And it came in a big roll and it's designed for orchards. Cause I started to research and I'm like, oh, orchards also are protecting their trees from hail. So how can we play off of their design a little bit? So this is an, basically an orchard netting. And we got a roll that was 17 foot wide by 300 feet long. And it's pretty tough stuff. Um, and I believe he, he took two... He had to take one length that he rolled it down one time and then had to roll it back up the other side. So there's two lengths of that side by side. But that one roll was was enough. And so he attached it. Um, if you can picture this, on there's two peaks in the garden, right? He attached one length of this, this netting. He rolled it out along the one peak and secured it down on the sides of the two cables with one cable in the middle. It's like a triangle. And then he repeated that on the other side. And then he attached this netting because there's little holes in it. Initially, he was going to use metal S hooks. That didn't work super great. Um, they actually ended up falling off. And I found S hooks all over my garden. So he switched over to plastic. They're called like Christmas light hooks that you would use to attach them to your roof. And that works really good. And I think they're pretty inexpensive. So we used the um, little plastic Christmas light hooks to attach the net to the cables. Um, and if you can picture this, we have the two peaks and they, you know, meet in the middle in a valley. And that one valley is right in the middle of the walkway of my garden. So the goal is, is that the hail will come down. It will kind of bounce off the net, hopefully not go straight through. And honestly, if we get softball size hail, we, it might just punch right through. I have no idea. I, I don't know. But the goal is if, with, if it's a mass quantity of smaller hail, it will roll off the peaks go into this valley and then there's enough of a gap in the net where the hooks connect it in the valley and that just dumps right into my walkway. And it, we can have three feet of hail in the walkway, I don't care because it won't be hurting any vegetables. 
So we attached, attached all that. And then on the edges, um, we needed, because of our wind, we needed to secure down the ends of the cloth a little bit more. So he found these little tiny short bungee cords and he hooked them, <clears throat> excuse me, from the cloth down to the fence. And he did that all the way around the edges. So I know it's really hard to, to describe this without seeing a picture. Hopefully you're able to envision it, but that's what we did. I was a little worried, honestly, vainly, I guess, that it would make my garden look weird, which sounds stupid. I'm like, what would you rather have, Jill? A garden that's dead or a garden that's maybe not as aesthetically pleasing. And I'm like, you know what? Ultimately, it's about the food. So maybe if it's not as beautiful because it has a hail net, but it's still alive, that's a fair compromise. Um, anyway, but I'm actually pleasantly surprised. I don't think it looks bad. I mean, it's definitely there. The neighbors are driving by going, what on earth are the wingers building now over this, their garden? What's this like circus tent thing? But the netting is clear enough that it isn't like, you know, white plastic. It, it looks kind of greenhousey or it looks just kind of agriculture-y. It's not bad. I don't think it's offensive at all to look at. Um, Christian also did surprise me. He put a string of outdoor Edison bulb lights down the middle of the garden. So those come on at night. That makes it look really cool. Everyone's like, you could have a wedding in your garden. And I'm like, maybe we could. I mean, it'd be a little tricky to cram people in between the beds, but hey, maybe we should try it. Anyway, all that to say, I think it looks good. I don't think it looks bad. We will have to remove the netting in the winter. So come probably September, we will be taking that off because I do not predict that it will last a winter whatsoever. We'll leave the cord, we'll leave the, of course, we'll leave the pipes up. They are cemented into the ground. They will be up, but the net will come down. And I'm pretty sure we'll be able to get several years use out of that roll of net. Um, now, the, the big question, the question of the day, how does it work? To which I must respond, I don't know, because naturally, we have not had one single hailstorm since we put the structure up. Not one, nada, zilch, nothing. Which I figure, it's kind of like when, you know, how does that go? As soon as you water your garden, it rains or, you know, Murphy's Law. So I guess if it's working by either keeping the hail away or working by keeping the hail from hitting my garden, it's still working. And I feel like the neighbors should thank me for keeping the hail storms away this year. Anyway, it's not that I'm wishing for hail. I'm really not. But I am a little curious to see how it works. Um, I, I predict it will be fine, but it would be kind of nice to know. Maybe I'll find out by the end of the year. Maybe I won't. But either way, a uh, year free of hail is fine by me. Oh, one other thing to add. Um, some folks ask, have asked if it is good for shade. And this particular cloth is only about 17% shade, which we actually did that on purpose. We didn't want a lot of shade because it is not something we can put on and take off. And so if we had a lot of shade from this um, netting, that would be damaging to the garden because the garden needs a sun. So it's a little bit of shade. It's still getting a lot of sun, um, but it's just, it, it feels a little bit shadier when we go under there, but not much, but that's kind of what I wanted. So it's, I think it's a win. I'm happy with it. I'm really thrilled. We finally got it done because we've been talking about it forever and hopefully if you struggle with hail in your area, it'll give you a little bit of inspiration on options and thinking outside the box. Because sometimes when you do this homestead thing, you have got to 
just dream stuff up that doesn't exist yet, which is kind of what we did. And it's a little bit scary. It's a little bit out of the comfort zone, but it's kind of fun at the same time. So if you have experience with hail, if you have a crazy hail design or system or setup that you use, I would love to see it because I'm kind of into this now. Um, if that's even a thing to be into, I don't know, but I would love to see a picture. So shoot me a picture over on Facebook message or Instagram message. I'm just super curious how you handle the hail in your area. And if you don't have hail, you are a very, very lucky person. So anyway, that's my hail episode. If you want to see pictures, head on over to Instagram or Facebook, and hopefully we'll have a blog post up soon with a little bit more on the visual side. Okay, my friend, if you are ready to do this homesteading thing, but you're not quite sure of where or how to start, well, that is my specialty. I just so happen to have an entire library of resources I've put together for homesteaders just like you, and you can get complimentary access to the whole thing, the eBooks, the checklists, the printables, and the cheat sheets over at theprairiehomestead.com grow. And that is it for today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so all the new episodes show up automatically in your podcast player. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you could take the time to leave a quick review or rating. I read every single one and they just help to spread the word of modern day homesteading to the world. Thanks so much for listening, my friend, and we'll catch up on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.